Hi there and welcome back to Financial Gain, the estate planning podcast. This is the show where we explore the biggest topics in financial planning for people throughout the UK. Previously we've touched on the ways in which business relief can work for an inheritance tax perspective, but today we're going to explore probably one of the lesser known and less used uh, methods of mitigating inheritance tax, and that's the use of private trading companies. So joining me today to explore the potential benefits of creating privately owned companies for our clients is David Stein, Investment Manager here at Stella. Hi David. Hi Jonathan. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good, good to have you join us today. And um, yeah, we talk about private trading companies. It's something that here at Stella um, we believe in strongly and believe the flexibility and opportunity that it affords private clients is really quite compelling. Um, do you want to set a bit of the scene from your perspective of how you've seen it used here at Stella? Yeah, absolutely. So at Stella, as part of one of our sort of well, a couple of our key services is that a private trading company upon investment will be set up on behalf of um, each investor. That investor will become a sole shareholder, so they'll have 100% of the shares. Um, and w- through that company, we will then commit capital. Their capital will be committed to a number of underlying investment partnerships, each of which will hold or each of which will um, invest in business relief qualifying trading activities across a range of different sectors within the UK. Got it. So we are, in effect, incorporating a brand new private limited company. So this is something that's bespoke for each particular client. Absolutely, yes. So they will have full ownership of that company as opposed to being a minority shareholder of a different vehicle. Uh, And effectively, that company will behave in the same way, but it just gives them a number of benefits which we will come on to. Yeah, no, agreed. And... I think one of those practical um, considerations is that what we're creating for these clients is ultimately an opportunity to re- to leave a legacy uh, for their families and their loved ones, and we think a you know a private trading company is very flexible. So we see a lot, don't we, of clients in effect setting up many identical companies for for many beneficiaries so a client may may be facing a million pounds uh, inheritance tax liability and they may have two children and they may set up two two trading companies of five hundred thousand pounds each and then leave those companies in the will to those beneficiaries so that that capital flows efficiently down down through uh, the generations. Yes, it's a it's a clean and effective way of doing so because obviously when you get to that stage, um, two different beneficiaries may have two different appetites. They yes. may, they won't want to do different things um, with those companies, and therefore having them already separate and already um, already split out makes it a lot easier when it comes to having those conversations for each of those family members. Yeah, we see that, don't we? Quite a lot in terms of you know when the when the head of the family passes. Um, those, you know, potential disputes or uh, difficulties, as you say, um, you know, are cleared right from the beginning. So you're putting, you know, that family legacy planning on the table at a very early stage, rather than dealing with it at a time of, you know, emotional difficulty 
yeah. for for everybody because of the passing. So that engagement that we've touched on in previous podcasts is 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 really really important and setting up these private trading companies um, can offer a real opportunity here. And I think probably lots of lots of listeners will have heard of private investment companies for the avoidance of doubt it's to all intents and purposes identical to a private investment company um, the key difference is that obviously investment activity owning stocks and shares buy to let property uh, won't qualify for uh, inheritance tax and business relief so in effect we're not doing investment business we're doing trading businesses as you as you as you said david yeah so our, our overarching strategy if you like is to actively trade and manage these businesses to make sure that they do qualify for that business relief after two years yeah and there's also other benefits aren't they from a from a from a tax perspective insofar as um you're taking capital outside of the individual's estate so the money has gone out of their their personal bank account it's now gone into the company's bank account um, it's a newly incorporated company as we say the parents the elders will own all the shares in that company and that company will therefore no longer be liable to personal taxation whether that's income tax whether that's capital gains tax and so what they're substitute, substituting that for is corporation tax where we're currently at a you know a much lower rate of corporation tax compared to income tax so any profits um, gains or losses will be taxed at a lower corporation tax rate uh, than an income tax rate and of course within a within our private limited companies its name suggests you've got limited liability as well so uh, a key benefit there so we've touched on um, a couple of the headline benefits but is, is it worth Jonathan just taking us through the journey from a client's perspective from, from the point of incorporation of the personal trading company to the point in which they get exposure to the qualifying business activities in which we commit capital to yeah absolutely so as we touched on each each client is going to get their own brand new uh, bespoke private limited company. It's going to be you know set up and registered uh, at company's house. We're going to open a bank account uh, in the name of that company, and that is going to be at a major uh, high street bank um, that we've all heard of, and then we issue shares to the investor that's subscribed for that capital so that may be mum that may be dad whoever it might be they will become the shareholders in that company there are no other shares in issue so if a client has invested £250,000 into a private trading company there will be £250,000 shares issued and they will all be issued to the person who who in effect wrote wrote the cheque there's no other shareholders shareholding there's no golden shares or anything else like that so we will be appointed as directors so stellar asset management uh, directors will also be directors of these private limited trading companies and of course through the process you've appointed or the client the investor has appointed stellar asset management to 
manage the capital in that in, in, in that company and therefore we will be deploying that capital as you said David into qualifying business activities for inheritance tax relief um, from the company so given the diversification is our as our kind of flagship uh, modus operandi here at Stella we're looking to create a number of opportunities for each clients uh, trading company so we will be committing a proportion of each client's capital in their company's bank account into different qualified business activities and you know we've touched before on the type of sectors in which we invest in but let's just pick one for now and say we're going to go into residential development so what we will then be doing is setting up a again a newly incorporated special purpose vehicle which is typically a partnership and we will be using that partnership to acquire the land that uh, the houses will be built on and that partnership will be uh, using uh, that vehicle to construct the properties and then sell the properties through that partnership so each private trading company that we manage will become a partner in that partnership so in our example the clients who invested 250,000 would maybe get a 30 to 50,000 pounds exposure to a house building uh, partnership and if that partnership required five million pounds to buy the land and construct those properties then that would be their pro rata share of the proceeds that come from that particular partnership and I know you're going to ask me so I'll answer it why do we set up a why do we set up a partnership um, we set up a partnership because it's 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 tax transparent so there's not an extra layer of tax there so the partnership won't pay any tax itself on on the gains that it makes from its business activity in this case house building and so it will remit the, each private limited company's share of original capital and share of profits back to the private uh, trading company and the profits that are made by the trading company are taxable only in the hands of the private trading company which as we touched on is a much lower rate than uh, personal levels of taxation. So from a personal trading company perspective then is it fair to say that there's more flexibility in terms of the types of partnerships that you can commit each personal trading company's capital to because they're not pulled in a central vehicle? Correct yeah it's very much a very much a bespoke uh, uh, arrangement absolutely so each each qualifying business activity that we undertake you know here at Stella will be in its own separate ring fence dedicated uh, partnership for undertaking that particular uh, business activity so that obviously then creates liability um, um, from a restriction point of view like a good thing for investors is that any recourse and in the very rare occasions we take on some debt into those partnerships to supplement investors capital that's all completely rim-fenced within that particular partnership so investors in our private trading companies will ultimately end up after a few years with us in in quite a number of trading partnerships some of which are our longer term holds as we've touched on previously some of which return capital quite uh, relatively quickly in a year or two and 
they will see on their sort of valuations and their reporting, you know, the details and the numbers of partnerships that they're exposed to. So driving that diversification risk, uh, and we think we've got that, those risks isolated as, as far as we possibly can using this structure. And as I say, we've certainly been using this way for almost almost 30 years now. So we know it works from a from a structuring point of view, we know it works from a tax and a legal point of view. Uh, and obviously we've had many, many hundreds, if not thousands of successful clients pass through it uh, over the years and gain that inheritance tax relief. And as that money comes back in, I suppose, so after each of those partnerships conclude, there's opportunity there from, from Stella's perspective to deploy capital into different sectors based on where we see opportunities for value at the time. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we're we always on the lookout for, for new opportunities in which to invest, but clearly clients are holding these private trading companies to leave a legacy for the next generation, so they're going to be holding them until death to get relief from inheritance tax you know and you're right world never never stays the same and clearly the last three or four years have shown you know in turbulent times you know diversification remains a remains a key attribute so yeah what what a client may invest in from a from a sector perspective you know four five six years ago will probably look a little bit different in two three four five years away from now won't look too different we still stick to our to our asset-backed nature because we believe that not only that tangible access to the assets but the potential for alternative use of those assets does underpin and provide a reliable uh, measure of valuation unlike a say an, a, an equity stock which can be obviously more volatile and can bounce around at the at the whims of the market at times but so we've got a defensive approach utilizing land utilizing uh, real assets so that that thought process that methodology probably won't change um, but the sectors the types of businesses in which we invest will, will will change and you know all businesses will go through cycles we're obviously seeing you know today difficulty you know in in the housing market as a result of you know interest rate rises, inflationary pressures, uh, things like that, you know, that is a that is a that is a moment that will that will pass in the in the coming months and the market will become freer. But equally, you know, what's affecting the residential property market at this moment in time isn't affecting, say, the forestry market or isn't affecting uh, the commercial development market. So all of these sectors provide that diversification and, you know, there really isn't one thing that that um, can trigger um, difficult situations for all sectors. And we saw that quite clearly uh, through, through COVID where we clearly had some sectors such as hotels which had a harder time than others, but, you know, it kept raining in Scotland so trees kept growing and that was perfectly good. Well, it's good to bank on a little bit of rain in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting point, though, because on, on the diversification aspect as well, I suppose you've got... Um, it's multifaceted because you've got the diversification of the different sectors that you commit capital to, but investors also benefit from that diversification of return profile within those partnerships, within those different sectors. So 
typically you may have, as you mentioned, a development which may last two to three years, but a forest may last ten years. So because these are the intention is for that these vehicle, well, these personal trading companies and the services um, that we hold them within to be long-term and legacy and something that you're seeking to pass on to the next generation, you kind of have that capital preservation uh, capital preservation intention. And therefore, because it's held long-term, you do benefit from the long-term growth within some of those long-term sectors, but also some cash flow from the, um, from the more short-term arrangements. And then obviously that gives people, because it's a personal trading company, it gives them access to that capital. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, it's it. The personal trading company does does create that huge amount of, huge amount of flexibility. So, as you say, there may be some projects which are returning, uh, income, to 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 each limited company from the from the partnerships that are in, you know, things businesses that are that are lending or businesses that are generating regular cash, such as hotels, you know, can be remitted regularly out of the partnership into the into the personal trading company and of course as the as the sole shareholder um, you know there could be a need for that income to be taken out of the, the company so you know as ever providing it's you know within company law and accounting policies you know the profits that are built up in in a, in a private trading company could be could be taken out and paid out as a dividend to to the shareholders and of course working with the client and, and, and advisors we can structure the company accordingly or structure the projects that are that are that are sought to either produce a, a regular income or or a blend as you say most most clients recognize that they're predominantly looking for obviously inheritance tax uh, relief so typically most will go on a blended journey with us and and and, and happy for us to take the lead with regards to the investment mandate but there are some that that, that want to take an income out for a for other reasons but you know pointing out pointing out the obvious you know once you take that capital out by by way of dividend for example it's obviously going to be back outside the estate from an inheritance tax perspective so that's really the the key consideration there if you want to take the dividend out have you got another use for it are you going to spend it or, what, or, or something else with it is that capital needed if the capital's not needed you know in a simple perspective it makes sense to leave it in the company where it can you know continue to grow uh, inheritance tax free and pay you know relatively low levels of, of of corporation tax so most investors do provide the discretion to Stella for instance to manage that blend of, of partnerships on their behalf but we have touched on the personalization aspect that is possible with a personal trading company and, and how personalized can that be for an, for an investor if they were that way inclined to want to only commit to certain sectors or, or what, what are the possibilities from that perspective well we'd like to we like to think and to say for those that really want to pursue a bespoke uh, mandate that you know there's huge amounts of flexibility so there are to all intents and purposes uh, no rules uh, in, in in that regard so it's all about giving the client the outcome that we want we've got access to you know a great portfolio of deals across lots of different sectors so if a client was to come to us and want to only invest in one or two sectors you know we're happy to accommodate that um, we do at the moment say 
or that subject to you know a slightly higher minimum investment for want that for want that personalization but as i say we can look at doing that personalization by sector uh, they may in their own name already be invested in in, in say residential property through through other buy to let portfolios or whatever it might be and therefore feel confident or feel sufficient in their exposure to that particular sector so we can accommodate those types of needs and as we just touched on we can also accommodate you know a return profile as well whether that's income generated whether that's capital growth only or or, or whether that's whether that's a blend so the range of qualifying business activities that that we offer here you know provide that real opportunity for for blend we've got a mix of sectors that are the, the that offer all of those uh, attributes and more so you know that works very well and and also we can talk about personalization for business owners as well so again we see a lot of uh, clients and advisors coming to us about uh, clients who have got existing businesses and typically there are two situations there one is that maybe they've sold the business and the business is is is, is well the business is full of cash as a result of a a disposal and that business would have qualified did qualify for for business for business relief as it was a trading whatever it might be the traditional widget manufacturing business um you know that would have qualified for ht mitigation but it's now full of cash and don't know what to do with it so taking that existing company which is which is theirs they've known about they know the structure they know the books and records what we can then work with them to do is to typically work with their accountant who will continue doing the administration of the company um, and we would provide the qualifying business activities uh, for that business which is which is full of cash so looking to preserve uh, inheritance tax relief for that for that business owner um, but we're happy to be flexible and engage with with say an accountancy firm who's going to continue doing the books as you know under the sort of more vanilla offering for private clients we typically do the books and records for the company as part of our uh, administration service but we've designed it in such a way that for this type of situation that that can also be uh, easily uh, accommodated and there's also uh, an opportunity for business owners to to think about maybe their business is is, is successful and generating lots of cash um, and a build-up of cash is is happening within that company balance sheet that's making widgets and that capital isn't needed within the business to keep investing in more widget making stuff and the shareholders don't want it for for personal tax reasons again we can look to work with them to deploy that surplus cash into qualifying business activity so that company again has got a there in that situation a mixture of different trades one their their evergreen widget manufacturing business and secondly how we can introduce you know these types of sectors into that company as well and and, and keep those keep that capital safe from 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 full relief from br so is it possible from a br perspective then um if a company typically is an investment company, so therefore wouldn't qualify for BR, but they have a build-up of cash, is it possible within the existing company to commit that cash 
to trading businesses and therefore qualify for business relief? The short answer is yes. The longer answer is, I mean, clearly you and I are not specialist tax advisors, so we need to point that out for the benefit of our of our great listeners. So there are clearly tax implications there around a, a mixed business, part that's part investment uh, and part, part trading. So we don't want to get into the weeds of how much or whatever it qualifies, but broadly people do start these businesses with us where they have that mix of activities and then we'll be over a period of time looking to sell down and out of those investment assets um, you know, potentially over a couple of tax years for example and then redeploying that capital into trading activities with us so that after a period say of a couple of years that company has gone from what was a 100% investment company into a 100% trading business so they've got a long term uh, view or slightly longer term view of a direction of travel and you know, then as we know they've got to continue that trade going until um, until death so it's that again power of that flexibility there insofar as no hard and fast rules there's a company that's in existence uh, and you can, you can make that work uh, for inheritance tax as long as clearly the clients understand the risks if they were to yeah there are tax tax consequences if they were to pass away and the company isn't fully uh, into that into that trading environment but that's for a qualified tax person and, 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 and not me so just you you mentioned on the um, administrative side of things and stepping away from the business element or the business opportunities for existing businesses for a second just to come back to the your words, more vanilla offering. Um, what does that entail and what do Stella do for, for investors to handle that admin? Yeah, so the, so the, the traditional offering is, is, a, is a full hands-on service for both managing as investment manager the trading activities within each partnership uh, and that'll be part of our you know, investment management fee. But then secondly, for the company, this administration fee is looking after the books and records, the accounting records of the trading company, making obviously sure it files its uh, annual accounts, making sure it files its tax returns and dealing with all the administration that comes with, with running, a, running a company. Um, Therefore, you know, the clients as shareholders have, you know, not necessarily got a, a, a passive role, but they are clearly communicated with, and we're probably going to touch on how we communicate uh, with clients shortly, but you know, they know what's going on, it's a very transparent way of, way of working, and indeed some clients want to see, you know, copies of tax returns and copies of, of the accounts, which of course it's is their capital, their company, and you know uh, they will be they will be signing those off um, should should they wish to. So, yeah, there's a there's a, there's a, a lot of work to be done, but I mean we've been doing it now for for thirty years, so we we like to think we've got it working efficiently and effectively now, and um, it's just one less one less thing to to, to worry about. To all intents and purposes, the, the, there's not an additional burden unless 
from an admin perspective, unless obviously they want to have oversight of that admin, at which point obviously it's provided. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We changed our we changed our fee fee charging model quite a few years ago now to recognise that there is a, sep- a separate and distinct administration arrangement as opposed to an investment management arrangement, and you know we're happy to work with third parties who who they may already have a relationship with from an administration point of view, and we're you know happy to happy to work with them to 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 satisfy their needs. You know can't keep emphasising the same thing. We keep recognise we've got to recognise and we do. You know this is their their clients' money. If they want it done in a certain way, we're here to you know afford that service to the best we possibly can and to that point then uh, as obviously our primary objective is preserving investor capital and obviously hopefully achieving growth at the same time um, for a personal trading company within the services that we've touched on what are the custody arrangements and how is that capital protected and held safely for investors yeah so as we touched on a, a you know a few moments ago, so the company's capital is going to be sitting uh, with a major high street uh, bank, and then it's going to move into a partnership bank account, and that will be a, a you know a, an, a bank account again with a main high street bank uh, in in the partnership's name, the same way it's in the company's name. So it's not attached to Stellar. It may be administered and managed by Stellar, but it's not in. Stella's name it's in that partnership or company name and then when that partnership buys the land then the land uh, will be uh, obviously go through a legal legal situation legal contract a legal agreement for acquisition and title will be registered to that land whether that's a golf course or a land for housing or a hotel that area of land does have something called title that we're probably all familiar with with our own houses uh, and those that title will be registered in the partnership's name at land registry so we have clear full unfettered title access to to that plot of land and everything that's on it so there's an independent corroboration of we can see that our partnership has got title properly registered acquired through with you know our law firms that we work with to, to make sure that's done robustly any issues are are identified before we complete on the acquisition so custody of that that title deeds is in effect with the solicitors um, through through land registry and that's going to account for you know 95% of the value of that of that particular partnership uh, and then of course as revenue flows from that land that building that's on it that's going to come back into the partnership's bank account and then in due course that will come out of the partnership's bank account into the private company bank account and then at some point ultimately to to the investor through dividends or to to their beneficiaries and how does the activity of the underlying partnerships how is that reported to investors that hold the personal trading company on the assumption that they are taking the approach that the discretion is given to Stella yeah so so we report quarterly um and we think it's a you know a very comprehensive report that will talk about that will list out a valuation statement for all the partnerships uh that their private private trading company owns um it will show cost it will show current valuation also previous valuation it'll give um a history of the cash transactions that have happened in 
in the previous quarter it'll provide you know analysis by uh, sector uh, exposures that 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 company has and clearly therefore the growth that's 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 being achieved we also obviously writing comprehensively twice a year in detail about each each project or each partnership that uh, a personal training company is in, in is invested in we find the frequency of that has, has, has again evolved over the years and, and six monthly is probably the right time we've had feedback from clients and advisors in that regard to give a, a real comprehensive uh, update on the status of each of each uh, partnership and then in the intervening um, six monthly therefore the other quarters um, we're recording a shorter digital version so an interview uh, just to capture the key the key moments um, that have occurred in, in in the quarter rather than a, a more long-winded uh, written written report and we find yeah feedback is that that's a good blend of reporting so there's a there's a valuation statement every quarter but there's words and then uh, and then a narrative every either every quarter coming coming with it we've obviously touched on um, in some depth the benefits of the personal trading company services clearly at, at Stella we do have other services that also invest in asset-backed businesses so in what scenario do you think it might be not the right fit and we've obviously touched on the fact that it's not the most common um, structure that, that that's used in the industry so why would therefore alternative structures be more beneficial for clients in what instances yeah that's a good question david i mean i think one of the things that, that certainly we how we see it distinguished based on the feedback we get from clients and advisors is is really the liquidity point so these its services which are you know really prevalent in in, in the marketplace one of the the key if you like sales virtues of of an its is the fact that there's regular dealing be that on a on, on a monthly basis so if there is in effect sufficient inflows into an ITS in order to match with the clients that want their capital back there is the opportunity to in effect um, get out of that ITS on a monthly basis and then for, for some clients that's that that need for liquidity could be really really important we certainly probably see the average investment size in into into an ITS a lot smaller than it is into our personal trading companies service so maybe for those clients that have got some capital to invest um, and possibly they're also looking to spread it around different managers to um, mitigate risk that way and get sector exposure through going to through going through to different managers, so probably liquidity and size of case are the the bigger drivers of why somebody might prefer an ITS. And just 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 for for the listeners, just for absolute clarity, an ITS is effectively that pooled arrangement that we mentioned earlier, whereby an investor would come in and they would be a minority shareholder of a, a pooled vehicle that would then commit the money to the underlying investments. That's it. That's it. That that that's an ITS in a nutshell. Absolutely. So, you're you're not in not in control of 
of the mandate, you're not able to to create that personalization that you could obviously do through uh, a bespoke trading company. And you're saying, you know, over to that manager, here's my money. I understand there's a return coming from this, but you know, I'm, I'm gonna be looking to, to, to get my money out as, as quickly and as efficiently as I possibly can, either through future, future personal needs or for future uh, legacy needs as well. So there is clearly, clearly a place for it uh, in the, in the market. Absolutely, you know, we we recognise that, you know, clients should have a choice and understand the the differences between the different the different types of service. But from a personal trading perspective, what we see are the values that, you know, clients and advisors are looking for is this real legacy planning opportunity um, you know if you were looking at a situation that we touched on earlier where you know m mother and father have two children they could stick that five hundred thousand pounds into an ITS of course they can um, but that ability to then that five hundred thousand pounds comes back into the estate with growth on, on on death of the original shareholders there then needs to be agreement between the beneficiaries as to as to what's going to happen to it yep. and you know we do see it as I'm sure our listeners do see it you know we don't see it day in day out but week in week out advisors will see it day in day out is you know there's quite a lot of time there's friction in in, in that situation as we touched on there's a there's emotion there's 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 death there's mourning there's all kinds of emotions going on and now you've got you know maybe a successful daughter and a, you know, and a, and a less than successful uh, son for example um, daughter doesn't want the money but son does how does how does that get accommodated uh, in that in that pooled, pooled arrangement it it clearly doesn't it all needs to be you know exited and dealt with through the estate which can lead to you know friction and, and difficult conversations so what we're looking to do and offer through the personal trading uh, you know, environment is, you know, getting clients to talk about this with their families, getting an understanding of that this is a legacy, that the communicating intentions, and as we've touched on, you've got that flexibility of how you can look after it, how you can leave that individual legacy, um, and you know, it can sustain beyond beyond the passing of the the, the, the the shareholders that set it up. I think that opens up another topic potentially. So say for instance, in, in the scenario that, that we've given in terms of you've got a daughter or a son that is quite happy leaving the investments as they are and continuing on the legacy potentially to pass on again to the next generation. But you've got a sibling who wants the money out. How does it work from a personal trading company services? Because I would assume that there's a number of investments in that service. We've, we've mentioned earlier about different things, doing different things at different times, and therefore some, some partnerships concluding a lot earlier than others. What is the most effective means of managing that exit to ensure that they're getting the maximum value out of the opportunities that they're currently sitting in at the time in which they want their money out? Good question. Again, um, it's the simplest way to, to 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 think about. As I say, is that you're you know that you're leaving a, you're leaving a legacy, and therefore, uh, when 
when the beneficiaries come to inherit is it at a time of their life where they actually need the capital or don't need the capital do they you know look at themselves in the eye as it were with their families and say do I do I really need this um, for, for for whatever reason but certainly we would we would be you know advocating that if you don't need the capital leave it where it is um, as one of the simplest ways will be to from an exit point of view is let each of these partnerships come to its natural end either as you say through through the natural repayment of, of loans or um, development projects that, that have sold all their units and returned capital or indeed we might then have made an investment management decision to to sell a particular asset you know the company can return to cash you know easily and effectively just by letting it run its natural course and, uh, and, and the simplest way of doing that is then having a mandate with us to, in effect, not reinvest into, into anything new so that over a period of time, the company um, turns from being you know, fully invested to not invested. And then the simplest way beyond that would be to follow the processes that, that, that company, company law dictates, the Companies Act uh, dictates, which is to go through... Um, what is technically a share capital reduction uh, exercise where we go through a go through a legal process to reduce the value of that company to nil distribute all the cash to to shareholders settle any tax that's payable by the company uh, and and that could be a very efficient way of getting getting capital back to back to shareholders you know over a period of time simply and organically just to round off the topic of, of getting money out, if you like, in the scenario, because this is things happen and, and people may need their money out, is it worth touching just on the match bargain exit yeah, opportunity? Yeah of, yeah, of course. So if there is a there is a need, as you say, we recognise that again, come back to the belief that you know we know this is the client's capital, it's their company, what do they want to do with it? If they do need the capital out of out of the company as you as you alluded to this match bargain basis so what does that mean that means that we will be finding a buyer for their interest in each partnership and that price we will we will execute at the net asset value of uh, each partnership on a quarterly basis so the valuation that we've used to produce the investor reporting uh, and the valuation of each uh, personal trading company that value per share will be used to uh, um, execute the in effect the sale of those various partnership interests that a personal trading company has um, through new investors they can be a combination of new subscribers into into our personal trading company's world or it could be invest existing investors who have come out of a, another project uh, and have got capital to to redeploy and so we will match that bargain i.e that trade between an exiting private trading company from a partnership with an incoming private trading company take over those partnership interests return the private trading company that wants to be out that in effect returns it in full to cash and then we go through that uh, capital reduction exercise 
under the Companies Act to return return the capital back to shareholders. So yeah, we can do that. Uh, typically, on a, you know, the valuations are done on a quarterly quarterly basis. Every quarter, we'll be going through that exercise. Uh, should anybody need to go through that process. Understood. So I think we've we've kind of taken um, we've gone on a bit of a journey during the episode, and that we've we've touched on how we create the companies at the very start what we seek to do once those companies are created by way of committing that capital and where we commit it to. Um, and obviously now we've just touched on the different ways in which exits can be achieved from within the personal trading company arrangement. I think it might just be worth rounding off um, the podcast just by recapping on the family dynamic and the, and the opportunities, if you like, that the personal trading company service provides for families given that this is an estate planning podcast yeah absolutely so think about it you probably as i said earlier you probably all have heard of family investment companies it's identical to that except we're substituting investment for trading trading gives you uh in the main business relief which gives you uh inheritance tax relief so we're creating a personal vehicle for clients to mitigate inheritance tax providing they continue to own the shares in that company until they die this is a vehicle to generate value, to leave a legacy, to accommodate bespoke financial plans, to accommodate an ever-changing family dynamic, and to be flexible, to be um, defensive from an investment mandate uh, through the through the tangible asset-backed sectors, and it really is quite a quite a comprehensive. Uh, way and and clear way of passing capital on to the next generation and an opportunity to put those those subtleties and take into account you know really positive client engagement so you can provide a tailored solution uh, for each client to enable them to, to to leave that lasting legacy great thank you very much david for for joining me and um you know, taking us through or taking me through and getting us to explain how personal trading companies work and how that can be really effective for you and your clients. So thank you all for listening to this episode of Financial Gain. Don't forget to rate and review us and follow us on your chosen podcast platform. And as ever, please do use the email uh, in the episode description and uh, give us any topics that you would like to see covered in future episodes. We look forward to seeing you on the next journey.